Hello and welcome to the Two Cents Podcast, hosted by Sam and Dean. My name is Sam, I'm an ex-consultant, investment banker, MBA lecturer, and now co-founder of Nova Money. My friend Dean is an ex-professional football player, entrepreneur, and now trader at Real Life Trading. Although we had very different lives, we both chased money in our 20s and realized in our 30s that chasing material things isn't what will bring us happiness. So in this podcast, we will casually share what life taught us about money, happiness, consumerism, and financial freedom. Hello and welcome to the second episode. Today, we're going to talk about side hustles and why you need to diversify your income. Perfect. Awesome stuff. I'm Dean Bradshaw, co-founder of Rule Life Trading UK. Yeah, and I'm here to give my two cents on side hustles and why everyone should have one. I think that the concept of a side hustle is not that well known because the society is kind of formatting us, go to university, get your degree, get a job, and stick to it. Yeah. And this way, everybody is purely reliant on their job to earn the money, to calibrate their lifestyle and what they can do and cannot do and to just go and learn in one professional direction. What we don't tell to people and what they will never hear at university is they may have one main job, but it doesn't mean that they can't learn other things. Like People may have passions. They can like writing, they can like designing, drawing, making videos, anything. And these are professional skills that have a monetary value that people can leverage as a side hustle to do what they like, maybe on top of their job, maybe eventually to replace their job. But the thing is, it's a matter of understanding and seeing all your perspective in life. I totally agree with that, Sam. And I think my personal belief is we're not taught that because we are taught to go to university and we're taught to, we've had this conversation many times, you and I privately, right? But If you go and look at any entrepreneur or any person who has wealth, they have one thing in common, apart from phenomenal drive, but they also have multiple revenue streams. And if you have your normal nine to five job and you're reliant on that, you're reliant on your employee or your employers treating you like your family members and can't get rid of you, right? (laughs) And that's not the case. So for me- These days are long gone. Long gone. Yeah. And I think- Especially that COVID has has really you know woken people's mindset to that. And there's been there's been an, a, for me personally my my business is I coach traders, so we've had a huge influx in people coming to want to learn trading to to learn a skill set where they can earn additional income from their current situations, right? So so for me, it's imperative that we have multiple incomes because if anything goes wrong in your life and Guess what, guys? Things go wrong. They always do. (laughs) Especially if you're me, it goes wrong more times than it goes right. (laughs) But at at least then you're not solely reliant on that one revenue coming in, which could be vis-a-vis your salary. You know, if your employers decide to get rid of you at any point, then it's nice to have something to fall back on. And that's not just education. Like people say, fall back on education. Personally, I'd rather fall back on money because money is what's going to feed me or feed my family. Education will just look great on my LinkedIn profile, but people want experience these days, right? So that's why building multiple revenue streams was massively important for me. I think it also works the other way around. 
it's not necessarily just if your employers want to fire you, but if you're just so sick of your job. And I know so many people just take the tube in London in the morning and you will see the proportion <laughs> of people sick of their day before it even starts. And the only reason they bear with all this suffering is they need the money to pay the bills, etc. But if you manage to develop a side hustle and you can accumulate income stream one, two, three, and maybe you'll become very good at something. Maybe you'll discover that one of your passion can make even more money than what you thought it could. Yeah. Yeah, then it totally can also be an escape from the life that you didn't like in yeah. the first place. And in your opinion, why do you believe people don't have side hustles? Yeah, Because I know similar people to you who, why would you want to be a sardine on the tube going to a job that you hate, working with people that you despise, but no one will get out of that rat race. You know, it's like get out of the rat race. That's a big thing in the UK, right? And you need to get out of the rat race. In your opinion, why don't you think more people do something to get out or change their environment. I think the the main drivers is the society doesn't teach them or doesn't encourage them to do so. They want people to go to university and get a stable job, which doesn't exist anymore. Like stable and job in the same sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guarantee. And they don't see their options of what they could do in life. So they, they just stick to a job that ninety uh, no let's 75% of the time they don't like. Yeah. Totally maybe agree. maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe it's a, a lack of awareness of what they could do in life. Yeah. I also think it's a lack of patience. I think people want something instantaneous these days. They don't like their job. They want to do something that they've been dreaming about, but they need to work their job and all of a sudden find something that's going to pay them the exact same salary as they're earning now. Rather than you know setting some time aside, cut Netflix out, spend some time to build up a business that you want, and just be patient. And over time, you know, um, the one thing that when I speak to people in regards to trading is, you know, they want to, they think they can invest some money into trading, put some money into a broker, look at some charts, and from day one they're going to earn money. Be rich. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> and that's exactly it. And it's not. You have to get your education in what you're doing, so you have to earn your stripe, so to speak. And I think a lot of people are not prepared to wait. We live in a microwave society now where people want something there and then. And I think that is the biggest deterrent for me when I speak to people when I say, look, you know, they have these dreams and ambitions about building a business that they're going to be happy in, but they say they haven't got the time and because they don't want to wait or they don't want to put in the hard work. They don't want to sacrifice something what they've got now. They enjoy their series on Netflix. I get that. There's some awesome series on there. <laughs> but do you want to be watching Netflix for the rest of your life? Or if your side business takes off, then you can start enjoying your life. I just talked to a doctor today about the instant versus delayed gratification. And that's something that we don't learn anywhere, not at university, not from TV, not anywhere, that nowadays the biggest superpower that we can have is to practice delayed gratification. So what does it mean? It means that we might do stuff, we might invest. It might feel like a burden in the short term, but we will reap the benefits in the long term. And our ability to invest in the short term, to have long-term benefit, is what makes the difference for all of the people who are successful, who are happy in their relationship, in their career, financially, in anything, because nothing comes instantly, nothing good 
comes instantly in life. And behind all the success that we see, either the superstar football player, they're training hard. We don't see that, but because it looks like they're just partying and drinking champagne, they have a very strict training schedule. Behind every entrepreneur, you see them, oh, Mark Zuckerberg, he's so rich, look at that, so many billions. The discipline and the hard work they had to do for a very long time before it even pays off is what made them successful. And that's something that is not taught and encouraged anymore because what I find really frightening, we're entering the era of instant gratification. Yeah. And you're an ex-marketer, so you know the topic very well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell everyone my secrets. Um, no, no, exactly. I am the same. And well, I come from the mar- a marketing background. So my skill as a marketer when I was working for myself and for my clients is we didn't use to recreate the wheel. We used to hack stuff. So that, I was a hacker. So I would find that what was working in someone else's environment and just try to hack that and reverse engineer that, right? So... And the reason being is, one, they've done all the hard work and the research for us. Secondly, people are buying into that. Like I told you on the previous episode, I bought three books, bought the same. And I will never forget that. And he probably will bring out a fourth (laughs) and I will buy that, right? Because I want instant gratification too. I want to know that I'm going to read something today and be able to implicate it tomorrow. And I'm I'm going to be retired by Thursday, right? That's what I want. That's what people want as, as individuals. So... It's just the point where we're at now is the best time that we've ever been alive in order to start a business that you want to do and monetize it. You know, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to knock this guy at all. I've got three young children. He's brilliant. There's a guy called Blippi on YouTube who is making hundreds of thousands a year just by playing with toys. Let me just let, let that settle for everyone. So... If he can do that, then there's way to monetize the world now. I think we're living in a phenomenal era. I don't think we saw doom and gloom. I think there's technology that we have. We can reach a wider audience than we've ever done before. It's just, it's going to take time. And no one wants to put that effort in to change their life for tomorrow. So they want to put it in today, like you said earlier, Sam. So I think that's what people are looking for. It's a great word, and I think that should be the we should use that word continuously today. Is that they want instant gratification. They want to put some content out on social media and get a hundred thousand likes when they've only got four hundred followers, but yet they're not interacting with those followers either. So that was one thing that we used to always do as marketers is interact with the followers that we already had or the people that are subscribing to us because they're the people that are buying into us right now when we're at the level that we don't want to be at. We're trying to grow. So it's the same way with money, right? They say, you know, if you can't manage 100 quid, how are you going to manage 100 million? So it's the same with with growing, you know, your business. If you can't manage a very tiny part of your business, then you're not going to be able to manage it when you grow. And it's a shame because if people just did put in the work now, and if I said to anyone, look, if you worked hard now, 15 hours a day, six days a week, in 10 years time, you can be retired. Everyone would bite your hand off. Not everyone would do the work. And that's the sad thing that we're in today. It is. And I think a lot of people also wonder, okay, what's a side hustle? What could I do? Like, maybe I don't have any skills. But truth is, when you look at all the people who are doing side hustles, be it on social media, Fiverr, freelancing, starting a business, doing something they like, they all started from zero. Yeah, 100%. I think there's a couple of ways that you can do side hustles. One, 
you as an individual and everyone's got a skill that they can sell. We can be anything. You know, it can be marketing, it could be trading, it could be coaching, it could be CV writing. Everyone's got something that they excel at that they can then become a coach in and start giving out free content in order to get some stuff back, right? That works phenomenally well. Secondly, like I said, I'm a hacker. Like go on eBay, find out what's selling and then go to the secondhand shops and find stuff that can you can sell on eBay. It's easy money, man. Like go find stuff in secondhand shops or in the sale, hold it and resell it. Um, this was your first business. It was, and I still love it. You know, I think I'm a. Pa- <laughs> once I have got my, once I'm back on a financial level where I'm, I've got loads of things, things going on. I think I'm just going to do it for the, just make a content for that, just to create it and show people how easy it is, because it's just phenomenal. I think in terms of how to start a side hustle, people think it's more complicated than it is. They're trying to find the next best thing that is going to take them off, and you know, and. When I say take them off, it's going to you know launch straight away and they're going to be able to create instant revenue from. But it's just a matter of just finding a need that people want and then just doing the work and that's it. But not a lot of people want to do the whole eBay thing, Sam, because no one wants to go down the post office with 50 boxes to go and ship out to people because it doesn't look great, right? They would rather create something that, you know, the latest TikTok or the new Snapchat and then be this cool guy who's going to be doing that. There's no humility there, in my opinion. So most of the side hustles nowadays relies around marketing, social media, creating content, providing value to users. But many of you might think, oh, I don't like marketing. I don't like selling. I'm not good at that. Maybe it's not for me. Actually, there are side hustles you want to, you could do. Let's say you don't want to hear about all of that, but you're good with numbers. You're good in data science. Guess what? There are lots of people who are not good at that. You can put yourself on Fiverr. Hey, I'm going to solve any of your numerical problem. You don't like spreadsheet? I love spreadsheets. Give that to me and I'll do it for you. Um, you can automate stuff. You can build little programs. Lots of, for example, entrepreneurs, they have ideas. They don't know how to build a small product. They don't have much money. If you wanted to learn and make like sign money, you can say, okay, I'll do like a very quick prototype in one, one weekend. And this is how you start. You get your first client, your first experience, your first review, your first testimonial, and then you move on in the ladder. I think there's one thing very important that it's easy to forget is you have to learn before you earn. It's true in a side hustle, but it's also equally true in career, in a job, in entrepreneur, in anything. You have to become really good at something and becoming good at something, being a top in your area, it takes a lifetime commitment. But we all start at zero and then we go gradually. The thing is, if you like what you're doing, if that's something pleasurable, you will effortlessly get better. As your skills and your knowledge of what you do gets better, you'll become more famous, people will like you more, and your time value of your work will increase. And that's how all side hustles start. That's right. And then you can hire. Once you've built that up, then you can hire if you don't like doing elements of the job. You know, when we build our... Now we're talking. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Be ambitious. That's it. Be ambitious. I was the same. I I hate finance. Funny enough, I'm a trader who hates finance. I like patterns on charts, right? That's it. Um, Do you say that to your clients? (laughs) (laughs) I can teach them to read a chart. I don't want to look after their financial uh, commitments and things. But 
you know, when we had a company, that that's, I didn't like that element. So when we was able to hire, the first thing we hired was a good financial director who could help us with stuff like that. You know, I'm, I don't know, you put, you do know, Sam, because you know me very well. But I'm terrible at spreadsheets. I hate that. <laughs> like, I can't stand. And you that's a job like for me. You spreadsheets? Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. And I think exactly what you said, someone who enjoys doing spreadsheets, they can put themselves out on Fiverr, Upwork, LinkedIn posts. You haven't got to be a an, you know a full on marketer, but you can promote your business. You know you can promote your business by just posting out you know easy posts. If anyone wants a spreadsheet done, message me. You can also do things like you know in exchange in services. So if you find someone else who's got a side business as a social media marketer and you want to do Excel spreadsheets, then have a conversation. See if you can exchange in services to get your businesses going. There's so many opportunities for collaboration, but people, are they don't want to take the opportunity up. I think they're embarrassed. They don't want to reach out to someone and ask for help, especially, especially being a Brit. We hate to ask for help. Like, no, we can't ask for help. My wife won't ask for help at all. And I'm her husband. She'd be like, look, can you come and help me with the kids, right? I'm like, right, oh, yeah, Is it pride? It's a pride. It's a pride thing. We let pride get in the way of what we're trying to achieve. And once you can, over, once you can get in, that no one really cares. No one actually really cares about your pride. If you, they can help, then they will. If they can't, then they won't. There's a lot of people out there who won't help, right? But if someone come to me and was honest with me and said, I'm trying to start a business. Do you know if anyone would want my services? I would be some type of a-hole to turn around and say, no, go and find your own clients, right? That's, I would be. Oh, of course I would. I would try to help. Or a lot of people you'd be surprised would do the same. So... That's why I think it is a lot easier to get a side business starting. What I've noticed from being an employee in the corporate world and moving into being entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are the most likely people to be helping you, especially when you start, because they have made this jump. And most people were not supportive and were toxic and were telling them, oh, what are you doing with your life? Why are you taking risks? Like, just stick to your job. And you would be amazed by how helpful and how altruistic they can be if you really ask for it in a nice way. Yeah, totally agree. It's, do you know what I liken it to? Like I live in Spain. So when I see another English person and I, I realize that they're British and we start speaking, oh, we've got something in common. So entrepreneurs are the same. So my bet is go and find the entrepreneurial people that have been where you are and tap into them or hack what they've done reverse engineer to what you're doing but again the first people that I contacted when I started my second marketing business is everyone that I spoke to before and I just told them my honest situation and I said look things have gone wrong for me I need some I need to earn money I need to pay some bills <laughs> and before I know it I had a client base again so I think it's just getting over that barrier to say okay I'm going to just drop my pride just get some humility inside me and I'm just going to reach out to everyone I know and see what can happen from that because your first client is most likely going to be someone you know or within someone's network that you know I'm sure that's a fact somewhere we need to google that for next time (laughs) (laughs) where do you put the line between starting a side hustle and starting a business and being entrepreneur I think it boils down to a few things. Um, one, people genuinely might like their nine to five. They might love what they do and they're real passionate about it, but they just need to earn some extra income. So And well done, because they're already part of the top 10% who are the happiest in their career. 
So if that's your case, congratulations to you. Fantastic. Send us your name. We'll give you a medal. Um, <laughs> but so I think that, again, it's actually a great place to be. Like, I know someone who, one of my wife's friends, she's a vet and she's always complaining that she's not earning enough money, but she loves what she does, working with animals and healing animals and that so way inclined. So she would never dream of changing her career, but she wants to earn additional income. So we've helped her set some stuff up with trading and, and things like that. So I thought vets were earning a lot of money. I think her outgoings are more than she earns. <laughs> <laughs> Consumerism. That's another problem. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Silent. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to put her onto this killer app that I know that helps with savings, but... It's really good. Is it called Nova Money? <laughs> That's it, Nova Money. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But um, yeah, definitely go out and check that if you struggle with it's savings. A great, it's a great one. It draws a line for your budget and you should not go above the line. Otherwise, <laughs> you there will spend. And then you don't need your side hustle. You can watch Netflix. But so I think that that's a factor where people would want to create a side hustle. Also, as like a hobby, you know, people might want to just do something on the side and want it to pay for itself. So they might not need it to bring in passive income, but they might want to pay for, you know, if it costs materials to do stuff or if software they need to buy, you know, they might want something like that. Other people, I think if you have any entrepreneurial spirit or bone inside you, you're wanting to build side hustles that will eventually become businesses and eventually running themselves. And then you've got multiple streams of income. I know that's what I'm like, you know, I've got, I think I've got ADHD somewhere. I start, I love the startup <laughs> process. That's me. I love startups. I think it's phenomenal getting something going, not when they go wrong, but when they go right, they're brilliant, right? And just taking something from a startup to generating income, covering its costs, it was a brilliant process for me. And I love that. So I think there's two there's two sides to that. It's either the people who just want additional income because they're supplementing their, their job that they love, or there's people that are thinking, actually, I just want to build some form of empire. <laughs> what about you, Sam? Me, when I was working, unfortunately, in the investment banking industry, it takes so much time that you have very little time off to think of side hustles. But I was doing a couple of things here and there, mostly um, helping people with creating business plans. Not that much for the money, but because I had friends, they wanted to start a company. They didn't like spreadsheets. They didn't like numbers. They didn't like finance. I like all of that. <laughs> so it, <laughs> so I didn't earn anything. It was more for the enjoyment. However, I learned how to do it. I learned the relationship with investors and how they analyze stuff. And then when I had to do it for my own business, well, I knew how it worked. The most important for me is never the cash flow that's coming today from what you do, but the learning and the experience. Because ultimately, this is what will make you the most successful and this is what will drive the more money in the long term. And I think that boils down to, again, is you know falling in love with the process. Because if you fall in love with the process, then you've already won. You can't really lose because you're going to yeah. get kickbacks, right? You're going to have knockbacks. You're going to have things that fail. But if you can dust yourself off and get back into it again, then you're already winning. And I don't think a lot of people like rejection. And I get that. Also, a lot of people become very good in their job at some point and they're kind of missing out the opportunity to reusing their skills just as a side hustler, as a, as a freelancer. For example, I know people, they, they worked so hard being a lawyer. And lawyer, I don't know if you have a lawyer friends, they really have tough life, especially in the, in the top consultancy. 
But at some point, they have learned so much that they can get their own client. They can do their own advisory. So of course, you have to be very subtle, not to be, not to trigger any anti-competition clause with your company. But the thing is, most of the time, you can just find clients that would not be the clients of your company because your company is so big and they don't care about the small client who just wants something for £1,000. That's an interesting It thing. works for, if you're a lawyer, it's, it works if you're engineer, designer, marketer, writer. I think it works for a lot of jobs. HR, operation manager, project manager, product owner, logistic, uh, many, many things. It's a good question. And it's a good, so how would you handle that situation? Let's say that there is someone listening out there who has a job that has anti-competition clauses and things, and they want to start something up. How would, what advice would you give to them? Okay, so it happened to me. Ah. And I was asked to provide classes and conferences about financial regulations, financial models, etc. And in my employment contract, because I was working in the banking industry and everything is very tightly regulated and scrutinized and you need to read the full print, you just need to go through your company and say, look, I have this side job that is related, but I don't think there's any conflict of interest as long as you have the green light from your line manager. And maybe if it's really complicated and a bit touchy, they will need to forward that to the compliance department. But usually they're not trying to be, at least with me, they were not trying to be annoying. Then, then you have the green line and go ahead. Perfect. So it's like being just being transparent with your employers and that's it, okay? Yeah. Sound advice, man. And I think most companies now, they, they kind of welcome entrepreneurial spirit amongst employees because they're the kind of employees who will bring new stuff, who will take initiatives, and they want to keep that in the company, in the culture. <coughs> Good stuff, man. How was your first side hustle, Dean? Well, my first side hustle t- turned out to be a business of mine, which was the, the <laughs> selling of clothes, right? <laughs> we did do something, well, we didn't know at the time, but we ended up having a lot of fake clothes that we sold, which then we, was, you know, yeah, that didn't go down too well, can you, as you can imagine. But it was a learning curve for me because it was a, a type of place, I came from being a football player, right? And I get what you said earlier about people look at the high level players and they're looking at them thinking they've got the best life in the world. But not a lot of people realize that these guys are eating pasta on Christmas Day and they have to go to training and, and all things like that. They get two weeks off a year in the summer and that's it. So they, they have sacrificed a lot to be where they are today. I, you know, I, didn't, I, I had an injury, so I couldn't ever... And I probably wasn't that committed either. If I'm totally honest with myself, I wasn't as committed as those guys. I was just going to rely on my ability. When I came out of that environment... And I realized I was in the big wide world. I had to just be reliant on or be resourceful because I had, I didn't really know what my skill set was apart from playing football. So when I found that I was able to communicate with people and say, okay, we've got some clothes here, here they, you know, what you laughed at and, you know, the cheeky chappy down the marketplace and speaking to people and mess up. This is even before like Facebook was just a dating site, basically, when I was growing up, right? So people didn't put posts on there. You were just looking for single women or single men, whatever your preference was, right? So, you know, for, yeah, for the me... Yeah, the very first day of Facebook, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember? That's it. It was brilliant for me. I didn't even have to go out and I could get a date for Saturday night. But it was... I was basically marketing myself without realizing it was marketing. So that's how you learned about marketing, Exactly. To you, get girls. You learn about, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's 
the best motivation. One hundred percent. Well, you get to know people when you're twenty. If you speak and you let them talk, and you, they would pretty much tell you what they needed from you, then you just needed to have some product placement and put it in front of them. So you could speak to someone, but like, oh, no, I don't like the look of them. Okay, what do you like the look of? Well, if you had these in a white, yeah, okay, I can get them in a white. Give me the, I'll see you next Tuesday, and there you go. So that was my first side hustle that taught me basically everything that I've ever learned about business, except for, you know, again, eBay started to put us, put us listed us down as a business and then we got hit with a tax bill that probably wiped out most of our profits, right? So that was me done for that. I thought, no, let's just move on to something else. <laughs> and then I'd say I've only really had one other side hustle. Well, technically I've had two. I've had a side hustle, which was a social media when I decided I want to be a trader. But then the social media marketing company took off. So then trading became my side hustle. So that was like a bit of a, a full circle. But the amount of hours I've sat in front of a computer back trading and back testing strategies and things is is why it became my full-time profession and why I'm able to charge people to coach because I put in the solid graph for three years. I'm talking of then hundreds and hundreds of hours. In, sometimes I used to dream of candlestick patterns. So yeah. <laughs> Elliot Wave on Fibonacci numbers, you, you, yeah, I can t- the what list you goes on. Those? Your wife <laughs> or your dream strategies? <laughs> she's not listening to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but but that's that's exactly it so i was able to turn a side hustle into something that i wanted to do as a career and then the effort that i put in three years now and now i do that full time so it worked out pretty well with what was the question (laughs) what about you sam i started with when i was student and I had very little money, so I had to find ways to survive. And I was giving math classes. At first, I was charging, I think, my, my very first time, 10 euros per hour. Then when I got after my first client, I increased it to 15 euros per, per hour. And when I got fired from McDonald's after my first months in my first month of summer, I needed to make more money. So first I was panicked. Well, damn, how am am I going to pay my rent? I don't have any scholarship for the month of August. So I found somebody who needed a website. So at at the time I was just 18. I didn't know how to make a website yet. I just learned it. And uh, guess what? I made four times more money than working at McDonald's and without smelling the fries and the burgers (laughs) and having that bloody boss called Yassin who was telling me to work more even though everything was clean and ready just to put pressure on me and that that's how I realized that actually look I don't need to rely on that bloody summer job that I hate I just need to find skills that I can apply that people need and I'll make money like that then for my five years of studies I was just giving classes on math and I did on physics on history on on everything I micro-targeted families who had high income, but problematic child who had like really disabilities in learning, etc. And uh, that was my niche, so I could charge even more. The first one, I think I was afraid to get fired because it was so complicated. So, oh, damn, I think they, uh, <laughs> I understand why they, <laughs> they have fired all the other guys. I, I don't think I can do it. But I persevered, I never gave up, and I was making so much money being a student. You know, as a student, when you make 100 euros a week, just doing something cool like giving math classes it's it's awesome i love how different how side hustles were you, you was educating the world and reinvesting into humanity and i was selling them fake clothes so, <laughs> and here we are together <laughs> and here we are 
The other thing that I really like about side hustle, and that's something, a benefit that we don't talk about, it forces you to think about the value of your time. Yeah. And the reason I say that is I'm building app and technology for people to be in control of their finances. And as you know, a lot of people overspend and having a side hustle forces you to ask yourself the question, I want to buy that. This is going to cost me 100 pounds, dollars, euros. Is it worth four hours of me working in the weekend? Do I want to work four hours to get that? And then if it's yes, it means you really want it. It's something that you want. And if it's no, then it's a sign, look, it's not something that you need. You can live without it. Just enjoy your weekend. And escape consumerism. I love that. And I think that's so true. It really is true. You know, I always say that to people who tell me that they haven't got time to trade. I say, well, if you've got, you've got, got, I keep harping on about Netflix, but they have time to find a series to watch hour, two hours a day, but they haven't got time to do something that they apparently. It's bullshit, you know. It's like everybody who says, oh, I don't have time to train. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to read. No, you don't want to. It's different. Yeah, that's right. Maybe it's hard. Maybe you prefer to relax and that's fine. But be honest with yourself. Yeah, but then don't complain about your life. That's the thing. You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't complain that you want more money or you you, you hate your job or you want to do X, Y, and Z without having to have an exchange first and foremost. And I think that's the them type of people are the ones that, they say they haven't got time, you know, that they go work nine till five, they come home, they have their dinner, uh, and then they're tired, they go to sleep nine, ten o'clock, where if you was hungry, then like for me, when I was learning trading is, you know, I used to do the marketing business from 9am UK time up until 6pm UK time, and then I'd eat my dinner, and then I would trade or practice trading the American hours, and then I'm going to sleep one, two o'clock in the morning, and it's rinse and repeat, because I determined to do something. I know many people who have built businesses that have done that and lived on four hours sleep a night and, and even, you know, five hours for them on the weekend because, you know, they fancy to lie in, right? So we can all find time. We can all find time to do something we are passionate about. I think people are, are not taught and taught how to value their time. And the thing that's really helped me is since the age of 18, whenever I wanted to buy something, I drew the equation, how many hours of classes is it going to cost me? And for me, the cost was never in euros, but it was in hours. Love that. Yeah. And it taught me to value my time. I think having, again, just speaking for people like myself, when you have children, that's when I start to think more about my time. More in the, in the opposite way, because now I'm thinking, am I overworking? That's my, my mentality <laughs> now. Do I need to do this right now? Is it going to impact me today? Is it going to impact me tomorrow? Or can I not do that? And normally nine times out of ten, I do it anyway, right? I can make up for the kids on the weekend or when they're older, you know, I'll buy them a Ferrari or something. You can use it the same way. Do I really need to buy that? How many hours would that take me away from my kids? Yeah, that's perfect, man. Yeah. And again, I don't have that. I don't think like that. I think because of the way I am and because what we went through when we lost everything, my fear of losing everything drives me now to this day. There are not enough hours in my day. I don't watch any TV. You know, I don't watch any TV. I don't watch any sport. I'm literally any moment that I have, I'm doing something that is going to propel the business or which my brand or whatever we're trying to do. I have to slot time in my weekend with the children and that might come back to haunt me. That might come back to haunt me one day and I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared to have the questions and the grilling <laughs> for my children. But 
that's just the, the conscious decision that I made because I am passionate about trying to do something that is going to give me the financial freedom to retire in 10 years time and not have to worry about anything. Awesome. Dean, thank you so much. I hope that our audience learned about something new, how side hustle can bring income diversification, better value your time and helps you reach financial freedom. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Sam. Hi there, listeners. Dean Ashley Bradshaw here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's a real pleasure for Sam and I to give our two cents on anything related to business, entrepreneurship, investments, and savings. Equally, if you want to find out how an AI app can revolutionize your savings, then head over to NovaMoney.com. And if you've got a spare five minutes on your hand and want to find out more about me, head over to reallifetrading.co.uk. I'll see you on the next episode.